0: well hello and welcome to book talk i'm the person that's just in the way i'm one of your producers i'm bill sparks along with uh we got perry also checking people in and there's pam francis so we'll stay in the background we will come back nolan and jenny about 15 minutes past the hour 30 minutes and 45 to see if they're callers or people who have questions if that's okay with you guys otherwise you guys just talk talk talk
1: <laughs> that's probably not a bad idea
0: nolan are you unmuted i didn't see if you were unmuted
2: i am now okay. how's everybody this evening
0: we're just fine is that okay if we just Absolutely. check on the we,
2: you know the listener participation is really the best part of this right and uh, if we can get folks talking about books, that's the goal. That's the key. Uh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, if you're okay with it, we may even ask a little bit more often now and then. Just
0: Oh, no. Whatever you want to do. You know, if the
2: urge hits. It's
0: <laughs> your show. As long yeah. as I can. You guys can just do
2: tell us what you want us to do.
0: I'm fine
2: with quarter past and 30 and 45 right, stuff. We're and, just
0: kind of in the way, and welcome to Don Horn for coming in, too.
2: Yeah, well, I'm grateful he's here. I'm grateful he's here. Yeah. He's, uh, just knowing he's out there, you, you know, you the, you need a wingman, right? Out there, kind of got your back. <laughs> it's a good thing.
0: All right, well, you two take it over.
2: Well, welcome, everybody, to Book Talk. This is episode three, if I'm counting correctly. Hard to believe that's already number three, and someday we'll be talking about 300. Yeah. Uh, we yeah be blown away. How was your week?
1: Very, very good. I um, finished another one of those Kent Kruger books. I'm ready to move on to something else. Now, this one left me hanging, and I hate the ones that you have to read the next one to see what's going to happen. I like for them to wrap it up.
2: (laughs) I've always felt really bad for people who got into a series like that and then for whatever reason, we're no longer alive, and never could get, never could finish it. I, I that was, that's, that's like, wow, that's, that's got to be tough. <laughs> never got to finish your series. Uh, uh I guess those who believe in the eternities will recognize that there may be other ways to, to do that. I don't know.
1: Well, um, and, and I get tired. I'm not very good at reading the whole series. Do you do you start from the beginning and read the whole thing one after the other? Or do you
2: no, I don't. Break? That's the secret. I don't believe in reading them one after another. I think the burnout rate becomes just unsustainable. And so I will literally split them up, break them up, um, put stuff in between. You know, it's it's sometimes as long as four months before I will get back to the next book in a series that I've, let's say I've just finished one this week. Um, It'll probably be early summer before I get back to the next book in that series. And I do that on purpose so that it remains fresh and gives me something to look forward to. So I, I know there are people out there who binge them, you know, just one after the other after oh, the other. Yeah. And I admire those people a lot because that's a lot of stamina. I'm not sure I have it.
1: Oh, well, uh, I, I evidently don't because I I find yeah. it hard to uh, to keep... Well, to keep enjoying the series because it gets predictable or you get tired. Well, there's tired the problem.
2: The, you start to think less and less of the characters, don't you? It's uh, yes, you do. What's the old old adage that familiarity breeds contempt? Uh, yeah. And boy, that's the truth with these series. You you get to a point where ugh, you just don't care <laughs> after a while.
1: Well, and, and you uh, and some of them they put them through so many circumstances and you think, what else can you do to these poor people and yeah, keep it interesting? Yeah.
2: How but, many how many corners can you back these people into? Yeah, absolutely. I wanna extend a special welcome to people who are here from DB Review. Um or those who aren't familiar with it, it's a email list in which blind and visually impaired people share reviews and comments and thoughts about books they've read from the National Library Service uh, for the Blind. This program isn't restricted to to just the National Library Service. We're going to talk about books from everywhere. Um, but if you're new here today and you, you got the announcement at DB Review, I want to express my personal thanks to you for coming. It means a lot more than you, you realize. Thank you for that. So, book the the weekend books. You you mentioned a series that you a book you, uh, that you finished. Did you like it? What was it? Do you remember?
1: Um, it was called Mercy Falls. Okay. And it's part of oh this one of those collections where they had three books, and it's the one in the middle, and and it's oh it it was I didn't like the ending of it because okay. it kind of leaves you hanging because now you have to read the next one to see what's going to happen to him. But you know, in this one, Cork um, O'Connor, someone's hired a hit, and they they want to take him out. And of course, he goes. They they set it up so he gets called to a crime. What's supposed to be a crime scene, and then hmm. they end up shooting his partner instead of him. And oh
2: dear, my goodness, that's uh, Krueger's a brilliant author. He had a story, a short story, in a book I read this week. This week has been a bit interesting for me. So quick background, real quick. Don Horn and I had a good-natured argument of several months back about whether those NLS compilations that you get three books on a cartridge or three books per download or four, however many it is, six. Some, I've seen as many as six. That's terrifying. <laughs> um he and i had a good-natured argument about whether that's actually from the publisher or whether that's an NLS way of saving a bit of money on those cartridges and i maintained stubbornly that it had to be NLS it can't possibly the publisher can't possibly do all those he uh, was very calm and he just said oh, okay I'll just but just go out and look do some searching look at look, look at it run your own numbers and of course i found out he was right <laughs> that in fact many times the publishers are the ones who create these compilations. Sometimes they're called box sets. Sometimes they're called other things. However, this week I read one that was really was an NLS only kind of deal. And it was called The Best American Short Stories from the years twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen, and twenty seventeen. The Best American Mystery Stories from the from those years. And each year they had a different editor. One year they had uh John Sanford who wrote the famous Lewis Davenport uh I guess that's what his name was, Lewis or Davenport, uh, the prey books. Um, and then one year they had, um, Oh gosh, uh, Elizabeth George who wrote the British series about Sir Thomas Lindley, the Scotland yard detective who was also a Lord, a member of parliament or something. Um, anyway, my point is that that was a 42 hour endeavor <laughs> and, uh, Fortunately for me, or maybe not fortunately, I don't know, I didn't sleep real well this week, so I got, had plenty of time to slog through it, to dig through it. There was lots of great stories in there, and I've, I won't go into the review here. Um, it's hard to review short stories anyway. But I thought the 2017 book was the most filled with good, good, good stuff. Um, C.J. Pickett, who is a famous mystery writer, writes uh, from Wyoming, um, his The story was really excellent. Craig Johnson, the guy who does the Walt Longmire mystery series, also from Wyoming, interestingly enough, had a great story in there. Um, It's the only story I've ever read where a prosthetic eye saved lives. And that's all I'm going to say. You have to go download it to read that. Uh, So that was my week in books. Um, I managed also a middle-grade book that... My granddaughter recommended to be three years ago at the beginning of the pandemic. It was March of 2020, and she and I are both, we're both kind of crazy, and oh my gosh, we're both at home, what do we do? And uh, we got to t- just talking to one another, texting over the phone, and I said, so what do you think I should read? Because, I don't know, I'm I'm just at, at wit's end here. She told me about a series um, called Wings of Fire, which is a middle grade, like grades four to seven series of books about fictional dragons who solve problems and fight one another and all kinds of things. And um, I've been reading that series over the last three years off and on, uh, with about four or five months in between. And I finally wrote to her this week and said, hey, I'm on book nine. And she wrote back and said, oh, my gosh, Grandpa, that's so old school. Why are you still reading that series? (laughs) I'd forgotten that three years in a young person's life is like a half century to us, right? It just... She just couldn't believe she was a little bit uh, blown away that I would. She's like, "You can give up on it. You're not going to hurt my feelings." <laughs> so I may actually do that. It wasn't a, it wasn't a great book. So um, I have a few specific recommendations. Can we get to at least one of those right now? And then yeah, we'll maybe then open we'll it take
0: up some calls after that. We've got a few people wanting to talk to you.
2: Okay, let me let me do one quick one, and then we'll just open it up. yeah, um, come on. So, the booktube and insta books and the the online book community, let's call it that. Um these are folks who have either YouTube pages uh, channels about books or they use Instagram and they have a, a whole subset there called insta books that they use. Uh also some of the podcasters out there who do book podcasts, uh, currently reading comes to mind, uh Sarah's bookshelf. There's a whole bunch of them out there that that I uh enjoy. Um they have chosen the month of March to, to celebrate middle-grade books, and I thought I'd, in that spirit, select a middle-grade book that anyone can read and really fall in love with and, and enjoy regardless of your age. Um, I gave this thing uh, five stars on Goodreads. Um, let me just share it with you, and this kind of dovetails into my, our segment on where would you like to go to, that you could have a book take you there. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, this book is called I Love You, Michael Collins, and the author is Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, Baratz, B-A-R-A-T-Z, hyphen, Logstead, L-O-G-S-T-E-D. Sadly, you cannot find this on Bard. I found it both on Audible and at through Libby, which is the app that my public library uses to distribute audiobooks to its patrons. Um, it was a, just a magnificent book. I first became aware of this in 2022. I, um, it's about a little girl named, well, here's the setup. Mamie is one day away from the start of the 1969 summer vacation as this book opens. Teacher calls her in, her and her class, gives her a final assignment. You guys have to write a letter to one of the three astronauts who are going to the moon later this summer. And most of the girls chose Neil Armstrong because he was because he's, he was dashing to them and kind of a swashbuckling kind of guy. And they really thought it was cool that he was going to be the, the, the big guy. Lots of the boys chose Buzz Aldrin because he had a really cool name and they wanted to write to somebody like that. Mamie chose to write to Michael Collins. Um, one assignment away from freedom and all the good fun she could possibly have for the summer. And she drew Michael Collins to write to. Um she does a great job with this and she decides to keep writing to him throughout the summer, even though her assignment was only to write one letter. Um she keeps writing him and talking about her life as a as an eleven year old girl, um, the summer of Apollo eleven and all of the changes that she goes through. Um I love this book. It made me cheer in places and it actually caused me to choke up in a couple places. Her um she just I don't know how to describe it to you. As the summer goes on, her family disintegrates and her mom leaves first because dad won't do a moon launch party. And then dad leaves to go find mom. And then a sister leaves because she's got a job to do or something. And poor little Mamie is at home, this 11-year-old girl, running the house, just like Michael Collins is out there circulating, circum- circumnavigating the moon and trying to keep uh, the, f- the home fires burning until the other guys can get back. So there are some real similarities between Mamie and Michael Collins. These letters are filled with a kind of childlike innocence, and yet they're, they're very much a part of their time. You feel 1969 all through this thing. Um, it's just a lovely, lovely book. Once you read it, it's not something you're going to forget easily. Again, it's called I Love You, Michael Collins by Lauren Barrett's hyphen Logstead. And uh, in the spirit of Middlemarch, that's one I would highly recommend. I'm done. Let's, let's toss it out. All the right. Listeners.
0: We've got Beth. I think Beth is still hanging on there. Beth, you want to unmute yourself, please?
3: I believe I'm unmuted.
0: Yes, you are. Go right ahead, please.
3: Great. Well, I I finally did something, and I'm so excited. I was... When I mentioned the Orphan Train Adventures by Joan Lowry Nixon, when I mentioned that last week, I looked in Start Page for all the titles of those books. I, I put it in as Orphan Train Adventures by Joan Lowry Nixon in order, and I, I found all seven of them. Okay. And, and I was able to put the list of titles in a document. Oh, and congratulations. Thank you. And I'm wondering if I should um, put that, if I should let Jaws read that to all of you, or,
2: or should no, I, I w- It you- may not circulate well on the over your microphone into our podcast, and we have to think about the quality of the podcast a little bit. What I wonder, mm-hmm. if we could do this, if we could simply direct people to fantasticfiction.com, and um, type in the name of that author and have them see that series and it will come up one after the other just just listed beautifully one after the other I in, like that idea in that site would you be okay if we handled it that way? Uh, sure That way we're not worried about volume levels and JAWS and trying to turn right. things up or down and slow it up and or speed it up and slow it down and
3: Right, in fact I was wondering, being that I've got JAWS on kind of low if if I could read them to you with my just with yeah, my yeah. Go ahead business.
2: and give us a couple of them. Sure.
3: Hmm. Absolutely. Oops, oops. Okay, that's not too loud, is it? I mean. No, it's I, fine. Go ahead. Okay. Black. Book one, okay. Black. Um, a family apart. Okay. Um. Book, book two, caught. caught in the act. Okay. A place to belong. Three, oops! In no, no, that the third one is in the face of danger. Book four. A place okay, then book four is a place to belong. Book five, a dangerous. A danger. Book five is a dangerous promise. Book six is keeping secrets, and book seven is circle of love.
2: Fantastic. All right.
3: Finally, got to read keeping secrets and circle of love last week. I read the others on from. I got them from Bard a few years ago, Mm -hmm. and they didn't have those last two, but they eventually they did. Outstanding. yeah, I'm just really, really happy with that. And some of, some things in those books are definitely suspenseful.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And Beth, if well, you thank want you. to I send, that. if you want to send Jenny an email at what is it? Jspark seven five two at gmail dot com. She can post those to our mailing list, the Book Talk mailing list. Where you can go to Legend Oldies and subscribe, but you don't have to do that, Beth. If you just send Jenny your document at jspark752 at gmail.com, then she can post those for you
2: if you wish Thank to. Thanks for sharing that. That's, Thank that's you. always fun when you find a series that means a lot to you. Any other listeners? Any
0: other callers? I guess Jenny, is it your turn? Well, if we have no callers, I, I am.
1: Uh, this is one of my favorite books that take you someplace. Now, this is a long book. It's like nineteen hours and change, but it's worth it. It's called Terra Road, and it's by Maeve Binchy, and in this one. Um, the, uh, a woman named Rhea, her she decides that she wants something different. Her husband leaves her to, to go get involved with this pregnant girlfriend. And Marilyn, who lives in Connecticut, Rhea lives in Ireland. I forgot to tell you that. And Marilyn lives in Connecticut and she's been grieving the loss of her son and she wants something different. And somehow or another, they, Find on a website the opportunity where you can swap houses, like, sort of not like the Airbnb kind of thing, but it's for vacations, and you agree to. And so they, Rhea goes to Connecticut, and Marilyn goes to Ireland, and it's about the experience that they have, and it was a really good book. Well, it sounds and wonderful. And she ends up st- well I won't tell you how it ends up but but it was a really good book and and you see these the two women change as as time goes on and and that was um, Terror Road and it's by Maeve Binchy and the the D- barred number if anybody wants that is dB four seven six seven zero
2: outstanding thank you you know uh, Emily Dickinson once wrote. There is no frigate like a book to take us lands away, nor any coursers like a page of prancing poetry. This traverse may the poorest take without oppress of toll. How frugal is the chariot that bears the human soul? Kind of flowery language, but her whole premise is beautiful here. The idea that books with books, you can travel to all kinds of far flung places and experience all kinds of amazing things. Um, I thought about where I would travel based on books I've read. My dad's family has come from Scotland, and um, many years ago, over hundred. And when I came across the John Rebus, Rebus, excuse me, John Rebus series by Ian Rankin, R-A-N-K-I-N. Uh, Rankin does such a great job of describing Edinburgh, the the city in which Detective Rebus uh, Rebus works. Sorry, I can't say his name right. Um, I just kind of fell in love with those descriptions. The first book in the series is called Knots and Crosses, um, and that's knots with a K, K N O T S, and crosses. The order number should you download this is DB six four zero six three, and I don't have the description pulled up real quick here. But again, it's it's a, a case where at some point uh, John Rebus's own daughter is in serious trouble. Uh, and he he's ignored the signs leading up to, um, to the difficulty, and uh, someone who is a killer is is getting ever closer to his own family. And the suspense really builds and builds in this book. It's a rather long series; there are twenty some books in it. Although the author seems to indicate that he's pretty well done writing them as nearly as he can tell. Um, but it's you know his descriptions of of Edinburgh are so vivid and bring he brings it to life so much that. Uh, gosh, you just want to be there and be part of it with him. Um, another place, go ahead.
1: That's cool when they can do that and make you want to be there.
2: Yeah. You just, he's great. You feel the cold and you feel the, uh, just, you just feel that whole environment of that city. And, uh, I'm sure it's less glamorous than he portrays it. Maybe it's, I don't know, some kind of a dirty, uh, smog slug hole. I really have no idea, but his version of it is the one I would love to visit. So uh, that's it's it's good when they can make that happen. Um, All right. Um, Let me pull up something else here. It seems like every week I try to tip my hat to to nonfiction now and then. And I found a book a few years ago recommended by my daughter that I never would have read without her constant encouragements. And it's just not something I would ever, ever have looked at. You may have read this, and if you have, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you haven't read this, don't let the usual uh, objections keep you from it. I'm talking about a book called Born to Run, A Hidden Tribe, Super Athletes, and The Greatest Race the World Has Never Seen. The author is Christopher McDougall. This has been out a lot of years. This is going to be part of your backlist, if you will. I think he released this in about 2014 or so. Um, The order number, should you decide to download this from National Library Service, is DB69472. Now, folks, I'm sitting here with the camera turned on, and most of you don't care about that, but those who can will take one look and realize that I'm probably the ultimate couch potato. Um, And so what the heck is Nolan Crabb reading a book about runners? That's the most bizarre uh, pair-up you can imagine. And it really is. I was reluctant to read it for that very reason. I respect people who run marathons. I don't understand them. They kind of scare me, because I mean, I don't know what what does it take to have that kind of motivation. I just you're out there pounding it for twenty six uh, miles. My gosh, that's terrifying to me. But this book is this is about a, a group of people in Mexico and they're native to that region, they're, I don't know what you would call them, they're Indians, uh, native to that particular portion of Mexico, who run for great long distances barefoot. No shoes, no socks, they just get out there and do it. And these guys are amazing, they are ultra super fast, and they can run down um, even a deer or an antelope, and... Uh, you know, for their hunt, for for whatever it is they do. These guys can actually run those down. Most of us wouldn't think of being able to do that as human beings. Uh, We would assume the deer or the antelope would have some advantages. Um, But this author looks at the concept of running shoes with Americans and the fact that we're constantly buying ever more expensive running shoes to help us keep from being injured. And his premise is that... If we did less of that, our, our feet are actually made to run and meant to, to to use. And his whole premise is that these shoes are actually harming us more than they're helping. Lots of controversy over that. I get it. If you own stock in uh, uh, Asics or uh, um, Sakani or one of the other running shoe companies, then you're probably not going to be happy with that assessment. But I was fascinated by the book. It looks at this tribe and the importance of running long distances to them he says the less attention we pay to high-tech cushion cushion stuff in our shoes the more likely we're going to be able to deal with injury and pain the less of it we're going to have i was glued to every page guys and i i wouldn't normally think like that about books about runners they would just bore me to tears i would think um he goes in search of a american who has uh Become part of this this tribe. He's joined it. This American has, and together they learn more about this group of of Indians. They ultimately bring them to the United States for to race in various long distance races. And the the Mexicans or Indians, you want to, however you want to describe them, are really badly treated up here by runners and by the corporate interests in running. So much so that uh, they're they're just really devastated and. It's just a, I, I would really encourage it uh, to you. It's, a, it's just one of those books that make you stop and think, my goodness, I, I would never have guessed that groups of people can run that long, that many miles barefoot. I mean, we're, ta- we're talking 50 and 60 miles that just, they just get up and go and go and go all day and they're you know, very much barefooted running down through the deserts down there and the heat mm-hmm. and the, it's amazing. So that's uh, Born to Run by Chris McDougall.
1: So did they do something to get their feet in that kind of condition to be able to stand during that?
2: No, they just ran. They as little kids, that's just how they grew up. And uh, his whole premise is if you use running shoes, you may be able to run in the turkey trot this Thanksgiving, but you'll probably be injured and won't be able to run in the in the uh, jingle jog uh, at Christmas time. Uh <laughs> he really <laughs> stresses that whole premise that uh that that are we may actually be harming ourselves with these fancy shoes more than we're helping. He also points out statistics in which he proves that Americans who ran in the seventies with less cushiony, less high-tech shoes actually ran faster than do current Olympians of of our day and time. Uh, he, his whole thing is that we we just did better with uh, with less, fewer frills. So it was a fascinating book and I I well really well written Um, the author has ways of really holding your interest
0: all right do we have any questions from the audience just unmute yourself and raise your hand and we'll call on you if not we'll let Jenny do another whack at it well we just lost one of them
2: yeah. Um, we'll find well, out what
0: that's about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a... Okay, Jenny, I guess it's your turn, Pam, or Perry, if really you need seen to anybody this
1: fiction I'm bad about reading fiction, I guess. But this book oh. that I want to tell you about is called The Elusive Mrs. Polifax and she and Dorothy Gilman and and these are well this was the third one because in the series because we were I was thinking of our our theme of going places and let me tell you a little bit about Mrs. Polifax. she's oh, oh close to 70 she's a grandmotherly lady and she uh, before she gets involved with the CIA, the highlight of her days are going to the garden club. And and but she well she's a widow, and and she wanted something more to do, so she gets involved with the CIA. And in this book, she's working as a spy, and she takes goes undercover and takes documents to Bulgaria. And while she's there, she meets this American man who's in prison, and she finds a a wild way to get him out of prison. And they're just really good books because she's so sweet and naive that you wouldn't think this kind of lady would be a, a spy, but she's pretty resourceful.
0: And that, that is, the,
1: is uh, Dorothy, it's it's the elusive Mrs. Polifax, I think it's number three in the series, and it's Dorothy Gilman, and the number, if you want it, is DB64819.
2: That whole series is fantastic, and I, I I can't recommend it highly enough, I enjoy her so much. She uh, These are what what I would guess I would call cozy mysteries, and Dorothy Polifax, yeah, she gets into trouble, but it's not a, there's not a lot of graphic, bloody, nasty stuff that, that happens here. It's, it's just fun trouble. It's, yeah, yeah there, it's there are murders, but, uh, you, you know, you're not going to throw up whatever you've eaten as you read the graphic details uh, of that. It, that's not the kind of mystery these are. So I would hardly you end up
1: laughing at her sometimes because she's,
2: yes, yes. Yeah. Any uh, any idea any thoughts from our listeners? Let's let's ask the, the group, what what places have you been in books that you'd like to actually visit for real? Jump on in guys, even Jump on in and feel free to take part.
0: Even if you're on the panel you can talk. I'm not the panel, but the moderators.
4: Hi, this is Randy Shelton. I'm on DB Review, and I I came in when I saw this announcement. Um, but one of my favorite authors, and I tend to reread some of her books, especially when times are tough and I'm going through a lot, and I just don't feel like reading books that have a lot of mystery and murder and mayhem. One of my favorite British authors is Rosamond Pilcher, and my two favorite books of hers, and sorry, I don't have the DB numbers offhand, That's okay. are we can look them
2: up.
4: Um, The Shell Seekers and Coming Home, and Coming Home is over 40 hours, but oh, it's just such a good family story, and Shell Seekers yes. is around 25 hours, and it just, I want to go to Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I read that book and my, That's actually I would love to just Go to England and Go to Cornwall and some of these Other places that she writes about To see if it's how Because she brings it to life And I would just love To see if her descriptions Fit the actual place and I suspect They do because they always say You should write about what you know And she wrote about what she knew So
2: Fantastic. It looks like a, a great book, and it obviously was a bestseller back in the, the mid mid to late 80s that when it debuted. Um, yeah.
4: The Shell Seekers was her last one, I believe. We're close to it. And I think the, it came out in the 90s.
2: Right, and the order 95. number on that is DB26987, if you can download it. Once again, DB26987 for the Shell Seekers. Remind me of what the second one was? Coming Home. Did you talk about that, or did I interrupt you?
4: Yeah, coming home is the longer of the two. It's the forty-one hour book, and it it focuses on a family, a young girl. Talk about middle March. She's in her teens when the book starts out, and it takes place during a time when the Raj was ruling England, and her father goes he was working in India and he's transferred to Singapore and her mother and little sister go have to leave England to go to Singapore and they leave her behind Judith is her name and they leave her behind and she stays at a boarding school and different things happen and she ends up becoming best friends with a young girl who goes there who's much wealthier than she is and She's drawn into the family, and it goes through her teenage years and first loves, and um, and then it it ends shortly after World War II. So, if you want a good long read, especially
0: this time of the year,
2: well, there's a lot to be that, said for that,
0: and hey, we're going to read it. Don't worry. You
2: know, cold, cold <laughs> nights, and yeah. The DB number on that is DB40840, by the way. For any of you who are taking notes or who want to get the show notes later, DB40840, the book is coming home. Uh, Thank you for those recommendations. You're welcome appreciate it thank
0: you I randy hope, and we'll these are posted as a podcast nolan so every week the podcast is posted we're having a little trouble with itunes but they are podcast they are posted on legend com, and you just click on talk shows and book talk and you'll be able to download it or search for it in your favorite podcatcher so the podcasts are available weekly this will be our third one of course
2: yep yep any other listener uh thoughts about where you'd love to go that a book has has taken you
0: no i've
5: got one okay um are you familiar with the fan club the uh, irving wallace uh, short novel
2: no i've not not read that
5: um he uh, Ir- irving wallace read he wrote oh my gosh all kinds of stuff about all kinds of things but this particular <laughs> book this is not new um he um he wrote this this lady was kidnapped yeah and yeah anyway she somehow figured out a way to write a letter to somebody she wanted to get a letter to and she used the letters of the city where she was as the first letter it is spelled out Arlington.
3: Okay.
5: And the, anyway, the upshot of it was this is how she was found. Um I'm not gonna give give away the book itself, but it, it was it it told how 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 she was treated and how she got there. She was she wound up she wound up in a mountain on a mountain in the middle of nowhere, and by the grace of God, they found her. I'll just say it
2: that way. you know this looks really good. I'm looking at the description um I don't want to interrupt you of course, if you have more you want to say about that then no it's so okay the just description check it out. Reads, the description me- reads four ordinary men meet in a bar and contrive to physically possess the world's most coveted and worshipped love goddess, actress Sharon Fields. The four proceed with their plan, only they don't know the real Sharon. The, uh, the annotation reads, explicit descriptions of sex, strong language, and some violence, 1974. So that's the description of that from the National Library Service. Actually does yes. sound like a pretty good book.
5: It's not as explicit as one would would, uh, yeah, would think right. in, in these de- in this day and age.
2: I'll bet that's right, yeah. Makes sense.
5: Yeah, you know, back in the 70s, <laughs> Maybe, their, yeah. their description of explicit was <laughs> exactly. a whole lot different than ours is now. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly.
5: But it, it's really a, an interesting short
2: book. For those of you who care, Chuck Benson uh, is the narrator of this. I always love his narrations. I'm sorry he's no longer alive, but... Uh because he, he always did top flight work on whatever he narrated in my judgment. So thank you for that input. We appreciate it. Any other listener things? Yes. Okay, go ahead, please.
6: Nolan, you know, one of the things that we're very fortunate now because of the immediacy with which we can get books, Mm -hmm. and I love to travel. I may not do it again, which breaks my heart. But when I travel now or when I've traveled since we have more immediate or even before, if I could orchestrate it, I always tried to. You talk about going places. I always tried to find fiction that took place in the places that I was visiting. Um. So, when I went to Ireland, I read Maeve Binchy. When I went to Israel, I read, I don't remember, that was 86, but I I, I ordered a book months and months in advance that took place in Jerusalem. Mm. And I can't tell you, for me anyway, how meaningful it was to be in the country or in the state or wherever I was that, that I was reading about, because I was having that immediate experience and then I was reading about it. Just the other thing I would say, uh, this is a separate, but I love you, Michael Collins is up on and I very, oh, I didn't that.
2: realize that.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, it is. And just the other while <coughs> I'm because Jenny was talking about the William Ken Kruger with those two books the one that you just finished, and the, the fifth and the sixth one. he I read his blogs. I'm a little bit addicted to Kruger. Um, I've also had a little bit of correspondence with him on two occasions, actually. He's a very nice man. But anyway, um, he set out, when he wrote those, the fifth and the sixth books in the series, he set out as a writing challenge to write two books that would stand on their own but would dovetail with one another but that's the only place in the series where you're going to have that feeling like i got to go right on to the next one all the rest of the series books I haven't read the newest one I have it downloaded along with 87 other books <laughs> but um, but those are the only two where you're going to have that feeling like I've got to go right Right
2: on okay well that's good knowledge
1: well that's good to know because I that was one thing that I always liked about the earlier ones especially is you know you you could you didn't feel bad if you went away and, and yeah. read something yeah. else because but you don't want to leave the character hanging <laughs> you have to know what happens to him.
0: No, we've got a 636 phone number with a question just unmute yourself please and jump in
7: Hi, this is Gil Harris in St. Louis and um, I wanted to uh, comment on the Virgin River series by Robin Carr Uh, reading that series it's been a while since I finished that series but uh, it uh, always made me want to go visit there, maybe live there (laughs) even though it's a fictitious town Uh, she made it so um real in her books and uh, so inviting that I always wished I could go visit and maybe live there. Um, Yes. Also, um, I've been listening with my wife to the Spencer Quinn uh, books.
2: Those are uh, so fun, aren't they?
7: Burton Chet or whatever. Yes. And uh, um, they uh one of the books they go to this ghost town uh several times in the book and i've always wanted to go visit and see a ghost town (laughs) and and, and in the description there it made me really want to go go see that ghost town yeah uh,
2: they are really really fun places yeah
7: yeah, i've really been enjoying that that series but it's one Mm -hmm. that When I read a series, I like to read the first two or three books in a row Mm -hmm. and then take a break. I Mm -hmm. like to get well-established in the series.
2: That's a great way to handle it.
7: Yeah, and then I can go off for a while and and I can come back to it and remember things. uh, That's that's, a great way to handle it. That's the way I like to do it.
0: Excellent. uh,
7: I'm right about, about to finish the third book, and they'll probably take a break for a little while, and then I'll go back
2: to it. Isn't that basics. a fun series, though? Uh, oh, it it's is. It's a guy and his dog who solve mysteries, and it's just, I don't know, I, you know, I, well, how am I trying to say it? The author tries to capture how the dog thinks, and it just makes me laugh every time because I see my own dog in some of those weird behaviors. He forgets yes. what he's doing, and suddenly he wants he's doing something else. And oh wait, what was I doing? Oh yeah, yeah. That, it's Just we're, we're
7: clearly is, is this the dog. Go ahead. Is, the dog's mind is on the case, and then all of a sudden, somebody comes up with a uh, some spare ribs or something. Yes, <laughs> that, that thing, yes, uh, yes. It, totally forgets.
2: The I want to bite that purse. I would love to sink my teeth into that leather purse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's the funniest thing, and if. Clearly, this author is, is pretty observant of dogs. I, I don't know that for a fact, but it, it, you'd think so.
7: And that, that author wrote a, a middle-grade series of three books, the uh, same perspective from a dog's perspective, oh, an 11-year-old girl. And oh, I've never seen it. Read- I read that series. It's on BARD. I okay. read that series before I started this one, and I loved it. It was great. I'll bet.
2: I'll bet. Well, thank you for that recommendation. That's going to crank me in a good direction here.
1: And I'm sure, Nolan, you've probably read some of the the Cat books from Lillian Jackson Braun.
2: I have, and movie. I've enjoyed most of those. I'm I'm not a cat lover, personally. Um, we know that. <laughs> As my closest friends will tell you. Um, but but yeah, I've read those. Those but you, you can't help books. but
1: like Coco.
2: And no, those. you're right. You're right. right. They're very fun. I've not read any of the Midnight Louie cat mystery books, and I've forgotten who that author even is. Um, but yeah, it's, that's great, Gil. Thank you for that For that contribution, Um,
1: and he's right about Virgin River. Those people that you get to know them so well in those books that you almost feel like they're your friends. Like you'd like to go visit them. And
2: you know who else does a beautiful job of that? And Don, I think will back me up on this, um, is Jan Karen, and she writes the Mitford series.
1: Oh yeah, she did. Those were good too.
2: Is that not a magnificent? You just want to be in that town. With Cynthia and the uh, the that that Reverend and
1: one you think about them off
2: and on. You do, yes, (laughs) you do. They come to mind a lot when you know you're listening. If they were real, you'd wonder how they were. (laughs) You, you want to be there in time for the summer picnic or whatever.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah,
2: that's a great series. Um, Do we have room for? maybe one more review here and then maybe some more listener input. I wanted to tip the hat to uh, Pam Stevens and Steve Bauer. I have such genuine admiration for both of those people and Steve Bauer in Wichita has tolerated me for three decades now and still takes my calls. It's kind of a a wonderful thing when you think about it. And so in, in the spirit of that, I want to talk to you about a Storyteller's Nashville. This is by Tom T. Hall. And I can't find it anywhere except on Audible and that my public library. If you if you see it on Bard, fantastic, good for you, download this. It's essentially it's it's his biography uh, that he wrote prior to his death and it is a magnificent book. It talks about his early years and the struggles that he endured trying to Uh, Get Places to Play, it talked about his songwriting and the efforts he put into those songs and the whole breakthrough that Harper Valley PTA was, and it just kind of really was a a huge success for him. Um, He talked about his various marriages and his various uh, difficulties with substance abuse and some of those things and the fact that his final marriage kind of straightened him out and put him on a good set of rails, as it were. And uh what's beautiful about it is at the beginning of each chapter, Tom T. Hall reads some kind of a quote or something that that's going to f- be about that chapter, and then he's done, and then a regular professional audio narrator takes over and reads the actual chapter. But he talks about Nashville as it was back in the sixties and fifty or you know seventies and all those years when he was at the top of his game, and he <laughs> refers to female country artists as girl singers. I guess that's what they were called in those days. And he talks about some of the people he discovered, uh, guys like um, uh, Johnny Rodriguez was one of Tom T. Hall's protégés, if you will, one of his discoveries. And it's just a delightful, wonderful biography, if you can find a way to get a hold of it. Even if you're not a country music fan, and I don't know, it's hard not to be a Tom T. Hall music fan. The guy just told stories. Uh, And we can all sit here and rattle off a whole bunch of them, even if we're not big country music people. A Ballad of $40, and uh, oh my gosh, my old friend J.R. Westmoreland, his personal favorite was Old Dogs, Children, and Watermelon Wine, and he loved that song. And Tom T. Hall, of course, wrote that one as well. Uh, Again, it's called um, The Storyteller's Nashville, and it does have Tom T. Hall as the the author. I think that he was assisted by some other writer, but uh, it's... Uh, if you can get the audio version, it's really special because it has Hall, as I said, narrating pieces of it at the front of each chapter. Good
0: one to check out. I love that.
2: Yeah, you you really would enjoy it.
0: <laughs> I love that. Pam and, and Steve are real good people, so thank you for <laughs> recognizing them. Yeah. So... Steve's so important, he gets his own server to broadcast on Hey, here.
2: there you go. <laughs> so there what can I tell that's, you? That's, a, that's as it should be. You got anything <laughs>
0: for that we need to work for next week or something that you Jennifer, want Jennifer,
2: to... do you want to talk to Buddy Reed, or are Buddy? we is that, are we too premature for that? Let's see. What Uh-oh. time is it?
0: It's, yeah. Go ahead. We're good. We have about
2: eight uh-huh. minutes.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Jennifer. Um. Well, we... Moland and
1: I decided thought it would be fun to try to pick a book that neither one of us had read and invite all of you to join us and read it if you would like to and, and then we can all come back and discuss it. And we said that we would give you we said we would try to make it um two weeks to read it.
2: What that and, does is at the at the end of the first week, we can all talk about it and say, "Hey, whoa, we need one more week so we're we're going to make it just a teeny bit flexible there two weeks is is ideal, three may be you know more what we need we're not sure we've never done this before so um
1: and the we can we can stretch it out if we find out we need to or change exactly. it if it's exactly. but the book that um I found is called "The Six Twenty Man." and it's written as the time 6:20 with the colon in it and it's by David Baldacci and it's about a it's about a man named Thomas Divine and Travis Good grief Travis Divine and he's a very you know he's leads his regular life he goes to work comes home and he's in high finance and he has he still goes about his routine, and, all, and he gets an email one morning that changes everything.
2: This think? looks really good, doesn't it?
1: It does. It sounds like a good book. Would I you like mind if I read the publisher's that, summary? No, you can.
2: It reads as follows. Every day, without fail, Travis Devine puts on a cheap suit, grabs his faux leather briefcase, and boards the 620 commuter train to Manhattan, where... He works as an entry-level analyst at the city's most prestigious investment firm. In the mornings, he gazes out the train window at the lavish homes. As the uh, I can't read the oh, as the uber wealthy dream oh, at the lavish homes of the uber wealthy, dreaming about joining their ranks. In the evening, he listens to the fiscal news on his phone already preparing for the next grueling day in the uh, in the cutthroat realm of finance. Then one morning Divine's tedious routine is shattered by an anonymous email. she is dead. Sarah Hughes, divine, Divine's co-worker rather uh, and former girlfriend has been found hanging in a storage ugh, in a storage room, uh in the storage room of his office building presumably a suicide at least for now prompting the NYPD to come calling on him if that wasn't enough before the day is out divine receives another anonymous vis- ominous visit sorry another ominous visit and a confrontation that threatens to dredge up grim secrets from his past in the army unless he participates in a clandestine, and then the the publisher summary cuts off there. Investigation, yes, thank you. The order number on that, for those of you who, oh, oh, I do want to be part of this one. The order number is DB109013. Once again, DB109013. And, uh, yeah, that sounds excellent. When do we want to start, and uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, what do you think? Um, we want to start this week? or
2: Yeah, I, I don't see why I couldn't start this week. Um, let's ask this current group of listeners. Are there any of you who think you might want to join us? We're not asking for a altar call or some sort of heavy commitment here. But uh,
7: I would be interested in it. All
2: right. Well, that's That's all we need. We just need um, one vote. Yep, yep. Out of the mouths of two or three, or, or can the shall the truth be established, or something they say? Yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, let's plan on starting that this week again. DB one zero nine zero one three. If you need the number, and I guess that's it for us. Huh? We're pretty well. Yeah,
0: posted we'll post it. Any theme that you want us to do for next week, besides the book club, do anything that you've got in mind for next week.
2: Yes, I would like to know about your favorite place to read. Is it a couch? Is it a bed? Is it outside in a swing? I would like all of you to come back next week, if you're willing, and talk about the one place in the world where maybe it no longer exists. Maybe it was a place when you were a kid. And, uh, but, yeah, I think it would be kind of fun to talk about where we read best
0: that follow along with we're going to do on the coffee club tomorrow a review of the new victor stream 3 a demo of it and then something we got from youtube so
2: i got a
5: suggestion for a theme for you guys for one week
2: we'd love to hear it
5: when when there is a movie written about a book Mm. how has the movie ruined it
2: okay we can we can Uh, talk uh, about uh. that from the page to the film. Yeah. We can,
6: oh, yeah.
2: We can spend a week on that one. Yep.
6: All how about, right, the, well, how about this one, uh,
2: Nolan? Go real, ahead. Fast, real fast. Real yeah. fast.
6: Um, if you could talk about this next week, because obviously we're out of time for this week. Right. Our public library has it, too. What is
2: Libby and how does it work? Stuff oh, like that, that. That's almost a whole podcast, but yeah, I'm <laughs> happy to, to deal with okay. it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, let's do talk. Of, if you've played with it, you know it's accessible.
5: I love. I've Libby. never. I've never seen it, so I don't know. Oh,
2: I love it. I just. Oh, I do too. It's a, a lifesaver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
5: except Our, I can hardly. I have a
4: hard time getting books from my local
2: library. So well, that's a problem. Long yes. wait list, but I do
0: love Libby. We'll
2: talk yeah, about we'll that next talk week. About it. You like. All right, guys. I think <laughs> we're right. done. We're in fact over time. So have a great week. Let's do it again next week.
0: I'll probably get fired, Nolan. Thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this was